Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Beat Your Addiction with John Giordano. I'm your co-host, Scott Jones. We're very glad that you get to join us here today. Uh, John, we're on the road again, so to speak. Yes, we are. So to speak. We're actually um, through the magic of, uh, of conference calling and Zoom and all the other things out there that we've all discovered during COVID. We can have great guests like Michael Weitzman with us today. Absolutely. It's an honor to have you because you're doing God's work. And that's what we're interested in. Thank you so much. So, Michael, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, you know, uh, what are you doing up there? And you're, you're up in uh, Westchester, uh, New York. Yep, so I'm tell us what you're up to. Uh, right now, I work for a psychiatric hospital that I used to be a patient at. Uh, I am also involved with other organizations called MHA. I'm involved with uh, NAMI. Uh, this has happened the last six years, which I'll get into later, but I'm very much involved in the mental health field. Uh, I am also have my own workshop called the Three Amigos of Mental Health that I speak and perform all over. Uh, used to do seminars, but we know what happened with the pandemic. So we're doing lots of webinars and podcasts that uh, Michael Weitzman is doing, or as I call myself, BIP Olar No Longer which means I uh, took the bipolar word and split it in half. And I am now bipolar no longer, which I used to be bipolar depression. So I'm just right now doing, like he said, God's work is all about how am I really going to help everybody out there with their mental health, uh, addiction, suicide thoughts, all these different things, because I know all about it. I've been through it. So that's really what I'm doing now, working on getting my book out, uh, the Three Meagles of Mental Health book, and so many other things. I want to get more on TV, radio, and other places because I believe I have talent, and I believe I can make a difference in people's lives. And it's all about using your passion to give value and help everybody. Uh, in my case, help everybody with their mental health and mental health challenges. So, and of course... Uh, I also uh, auditioned for America's Got Talent about a month ago, and I'm hoping to get on uh, as Mrs. Staying Alive. She's an older, not too good looking uh, religious Jewish woman uh, that basically is getting rid of the stigma of mental illness by using humor as my biggest wellness tool. Well, humor is really, humor is great because what it does is it releases serotonin and dopamine uh, into the brain. And that's really important where people that people take themselves too serious, but there you go. Okay. Um, I was also, uh, diagnosed bipolar and attention deficit disorder early on in recovery. I'm in recovery now 36 years. And, um, you know, uh, but I was more the manic type, not the depression type. I mean, I had a little bit of that, but you know, I was all over the place. I couldn't focus. Uh, I was very manic -y and things. And then I slowed down, you know, the, you know, the, you know, the routine. And I was looking for something different that was going to fix me, not just medication, because medication, number one, but people don't understand, it was a short term intervention. It's not a long term. And there's the research, there's no research on it. So, uh, but what I did was I found out through nutraceuticals, and I found out that I had heavy metals in my brain, and I chelated it out. And I took nutrients, and lo and behold, it all went away. Okay. And I haven't, you know, I haven't taken medication for over 30, 
five years, 34 years. So wow. there, there, there are different approaches and your approach and the nutritional approach, okay, and the biochemical approach. You put them all together and you got a heck of a modality. But I'm interested oh, yeah. in hearing about yours. And um, you started your journey, what, six years ago? When you got um, recovery? I started my journey, actually, no, I started my journey uh, when I started uh, many years ago when I got my first taste of depression was when I stuttered when I was five. So stuttering oh, okay. at five, that started this, the, the little bit of the trauma, but you know, I'm five years old, but people are making fun of my stuttering and my, my list H's. But after I got through that at 16, I basically, uh, it says what's going on here. Okay. At 16, I basically, uh, failed my road test three times, not just one, not two, not three. I failed it three times. So at the age of 16, I was went through traumatic situation of, of really feeling like a loser. And I was suffering uh, so much, but I was suffering in silence. I didn't come out, I call it, out of the mental health closet for many, many years later. So I, I suffered. I, I didn't go to parties. I isolated. I, I, I felt like, you know, everyone's asked me, oh, so did you pass your road test? And I said, no, I failed once, twice, three times. So that traumatic situation happened 16. And then it carried on for 40 years uh, of suffering and suffering in silence. So I really suffered for over 25 years in silence. I did not come out of the mental health closet uh, and get help until 1999. And you mentioned this before, is that what did I do uh, like everybody does? And I call it, uh, I tell doing the triangle, doing the psychiatrist, the meds, and whoever the talker might be, that's called the triangle. Did that, started that in 19, started at 1999, and uh, I was trying to, you know, get and stay mentally well. Tried all these different things. I was in the mortgage industry when I was suffering in silence, made lots of money. But it's kind of interesting when you make lots of money as a commission sales rep, having bipolar depression is not that good <laughs> to go through that. So what happened is I basically... Uh, for those, you know, 25 years of suffering in silence, I started getting help uh, and going on the triangle. And like you said, I was just doing what? Medicine, psychiatrist, and a therapist. And that's all I was doing. And then I, had a support staff, like my parents. My wife suffers from bipolar disorder. So, and she's on the depression side. So, yeah. you know, and um, what was that's interesting, right. we talk about medications. Uh, psychiatrists uh, put her on lithium and uh, Depakote, and you know the 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 routine, right? <laughs> but what happened was they they were only checking lithium levels. They never checked her, her creatinine levels for her kidney. Okay, well, right today she has a kidney transplant as uh, a direct result of lithium. Uh, yeah. funny. I can't believe you said that because that was one of the reasons I said I wanted to try other types of wellness tools besides medicine, just like you said, because I heard what the side effects can be by being on lithium for a long period of time. So, yeah, I, I, that was my major thing. Just like you said, 
it was like, I just didn't want to just keep taking medicine all the time because it wasn't getting me to the promised land. You know, it, it causes other, it causes other problems. Well. It causes other what? problems. It causes weight gain. It causes you to just walk around like a zombie sometimes. And you're saying, you know, then you start to feel broken. And you say, well, you know, what's going on? This is supposed to be helping me. And they go, oh, oh, it's not helping you take two of these. And uh, no, well, let's, let's increase it. Let's give you another medication. Before you know it, you're on five or six medications. And you still, excuse my expression, feel like shit. So, well, you know. I call it the laced potato chip syndrome. And it goes like this. Like the laced potato chip. Right. That you, just can't have ju you just can't have just one medicine, one type of psychiatrist, one type of therapist. I had to go through a combination for over 15 years to find the right combination just to get me stabilized. Get me to the, that part. It didn't get me to the promised land, but it got me stabilized. So at least I was able to do that after those 15 years. And, uh, you know, lithium helped me. I'm not saying it's going to help every people. I don't really tell people who, what I take because it's different for everybody. But I got on that triangle and it was working finally. But that wasn't what got me to the promised land. It was doing all these other types of wellness tools that got exactly. me to stay mentally well. And I show things. I even show things when I do a workshop. I have this. It's a ticking time bomb. <laughs> and that's usually what happens when I, I feel good and then all of a sudden, bang, it would go off. And then I would feel better again and then bang, it would go off. I call it the ticking time bomb that would go off because I just couldn't stay mentally well. well and there's that's a, why... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's a reason for that. And I, I do... I'm in, I'm in 73... or well, now it's 75 medical and scientific peer-reviewed journals looking at this. So my son almost died from addiction and mental oh. health issues. So, and so did my wife, you know. So the bottom line is because psychiatrists and doctors, they only look at the psychological parts of what's going on with people. They're not looking at the biochemical connection. We're a system. We're not just the head walking around. So what happens is the body uh, all of a sudden gets accustomed to these medications and they stop working. So now you got to change medication, but we're never, you'll never go into what is the core that's driving this stuff. Okay. We did great strides with therapy. Laughter therapy is the best. Okay. Cause you're raising dopamine exercise, getting rid of the stress, raising dopamine. There's a lot of alternatives that you can do now, but the bottom line is what's driving this. And most people don't look at the gut. Okay. They don't look at the thyroid. They have, you know, people got leaky gut syndrome, H. pylori, hyperglycemia. These things cause depression and anxiety and autoimmune sure, disease. Yep. Really, we're not effects. taking care of this stuff. Yep. So and we're just throwing medication yeah. at it. Yep. So. So, so Michael. for me, just to let you, for me, what it came down to is what were, the, what finally got me to the promised land after suffering and suffering in silence for 40 years 15 years on that triangle and having support with my parents and other people, what was it that got me to, and I have right here my wellness toolbox, is what was it in there that got me to stay mentally well? And then just like you said, it was doing a to-do list, doing journaling, doing yoga, doing meditation, mm -hmm. doing deep breathing exercises, 
doing affirmations, doing a creed, prayer, God, Bible, Jesus, acupuncture, hypnosis, uh, walking, uh, uh, aromatherapy, I mean, you, massages, I mean, uh, uh, inspirational, motivational movies, reading books like The Four Agreements. I mean, this is what got me to stay mentally well. And it was because of Robin Williams, I hate to say it, he's the reason I'm in the mental health field because I'm a big fan of Robin Williams. I think he's the best improv comedian by far in the universe. And he was an underrated actor, but in the movie Patch Adams, which I even have right here, Here's Patch Adams. My favorite movie of Robin Williams is that it's all about what? Having to, how do you improve people's quality of life? And so I made a decision to use all these, and I still to this day use all these types of wellness tools. I read Wayne Dyer is a great guy about self-improvement. I do affirmations. Like if you have something wrong with you that's going on, like you say, you worry all the time. I put together something I've been saying in my shower for, for basically for, for so many years now. Stop worrying as much as you can so you could become a much healthier man. Might sound corny, but for six years saying it in my shower, it became a reality. So doing affirmations, doing a creed, uh, believing in God. I'm a Jewish man that believes in Jesus. I just happen to go both ways in religion. I'm just kidding on that one, but you know what I mean. I, I be out there right now. I have a cat. He's a he's a wellness tool. These well, what are so I, important. What he's I tell tool. what I tell people: don't believe everything you think. That's number one. <laughs> okay. So, and what you're talking about worrying, and the reason why you know when people worry, they they create this this belief system that nothing's going to change, and everything's changes. Everything's yeah. constant change. Okay, so journaling. Definition of insanity. Same thing. Right, yeah, doing the same thing over and over. But you see, that's how you create behaviors, right? So the, sure. the way you create negative behaviors, you can create positive behaviors. So what you're saying, even though people say, oh, yeah, no, you know, keep on doing affirmations and that's going to, that ain't going to do anything for me. No, it's not true because you're retraining the brain. You see, people don't realize the brain is a muscle and you're retraining it. Okay, that's it. There you go. <laughs> I don't know. You could take it out of your head. You put it back in later. <laughs> well, it's, it's portable. Oh, okay. it's I like this. It's like a portable hard drive. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what you're saying is, is is right on the money. Mental joy. <laughs> Michael, if I could ask you a question, because at the beginning of what you were telling, you keep using these same words, which is coming out of the mental health closet and, um, and uh, stigma. How important was that? How big of a piece of your recovery is coming out of that closet and normalizing this and stop being labeled and stop hiding? How important is that? Uh, the number one most important thing. Because when I suffered in silence, I didn't come out. I didn't go into a recovery. I was just staying there. Yes, I was making some money in the mortgage industry, but then I had, I also crashed and burned and then I did better and crashed and burned in the ticking time bomb. But what's so important is for those 25 and then for the last 15 before that, I was always worrying what people are going to think and say about me. And I was being shamed and I felt all that stigma, all that time going on for those 40 years of suffering and suffering in silence. So while I finally, what happened is I, my last psychiatric hospital, 
uh, on October 16, 2014, I went in, but the day before I went in, actually in, in August, uh, Robin Williams, I call it suicide, took Robin Williams' life. On August 11, 2014, I'll remember that date the rest of my life, I got very sick. And then a few months later, I went into my sixth psychiatric hospital. And I knew the, when I watched the movie Patch Adams and everything, it's very similar in my story to Patch Adams uh, when Robin played in that movie. And the point was when I went in there, I said, I don't want to be like Robin Williams. I just want to be me. I want to use, I want to do everything in my power to get and stay mentally well. And I came up with my workshop while I was in a psychiatric hospital. The three amigos of mental health. What's the three amigos of mental health? The three amigos of mental health is either you're suffering with your mental health condition. That's the first amigo. The second amigo is somebody that is suffering in silence. That's one of the biggest problems in our society that so many people are not coming out, getting, working on recovery. They're not dealing with acceptance and opening up. That's what I finally did after 40 years. And then the third amigo is somebody that is not suffering with a mental health condition. And what I want them to do, I want them to know what it feels like. I want people that don't have a mental health condition, I want them to know what it feels like, what it tastes like to have a mental illness so they can be more loving and supportive to the friends and family that are suffering. That's why I came up with in the workshop, besides uh, the three amigos of mental health, I came up with bipolar mint gum. That's right, there's <laughs> bipolar mint gum. So when I do a whole routine on bipolar and gum, uh, again, it's all about what am I trying to do? I, get, I don't want to just get rid of the stigma. I want to say that this is a mental injury. I got that from my friend, Dr. Rob Kelly, from my other uh, recovery podcast. He's a good friend of mine. He's a recovery Yeah, we were, we were on that show. I was on that show. And I, yeah. I have to admit, I, it was an amazing show. I made it an amazing show. But that's not the point. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about... Uh, my ego. I don't have an ego. I, I just have humbleness and passion. But the key is, it's all about using all these different types of wellness tools. Try other things. People just stay on the medicine. It's not working. Or they got the side effects. Or then they see the psychiatrist and they keep staying with the same therapist. Try other types of people. Get to the right combination. But try other things. Other uh, I'm a resource. I can try other types of wellness tools, but the most important of all the wellness tools, what I'm trying to do to get rid of the stigma of mental illness is using humor as my biggest wellness tool to get and stay mentally well. Well, you know what, what I do for myself and my, my wife has been in mental institutions. She's tried to kill herself a few times. She's a severe bipolar disorder. I don't really totally believe in medication, I'll be honest with you, but there are a small number of people, okay, that may have to stay on medication, unfortunately. Um, you know, medication is not for everybody. And, and the bottom line is this, it's just like anything else in the world, everybody has a different footprint. Um, the way I get rid of the stigma of addiction, okay, is I go on television. I have my podcast. I write books. I go out and talk about, yeah, I'm a recovering addict, you know. Uh, I also had mental illness problems. And most addicts that are cocaine addicts, very interesting, they have bipolar disorder and they have attention deficit disorder. We You're found out diagnosis. some... I'm sorry? You're dual diagnosed. Right. But you know what's interesting? 
you know, the pots and the and the and the the way they cook cocaine and the way they 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 process it. Well, what we found out is that heavy metals leach into the drug. Mm -hmm. So you're doing cocaine, you're doing heroin, right? Mm -hmm. You're getting also heavy metals in there. And everybody just ignores that, you know, and it's really easy. You take a test, you do blood work, urine or hair analysis, and you'll see it. Okay. So, you know, listen, there's a lot of co-contributing factors to mental health issues. But the bottom line is, is what you're saying is you cannot suffer in silence because you'll try to kill you. You'll try to kill yourself eventually got to work on your recovery. And most importantly, I tell people what for me, I went from discovery, trying to find out that I had a problem. And that went to discovery to recovery. And now I've gone from recovery to discovery. And my job is to tell anyone, whether it's a stranger on the street, a homeless person I work with in my own job, or anybody that's suffering or not suffering, or that doesn't have a mental health condition, that I want them to know that you can get well and you can stay well. Whether you have an addiction, whether you had a suicide attempt, whether you have a mental health condition. And I also wanna get rid of the word illness. I don't like saying mental illness. Uh, My Dr. Rob friend says mental injury, kind of like that. A mental injury and like, I have a, I broke my arm. I have an arm injury. Well, I have a brain injury. That's all it is. But I want to walk down the street to say, hey, wow, look, that guy is in, you know, that guy has a, a cast on his foot. Well, I'm work. He has an injury. So do I. And it should be treated exactly the same, whether you have a mental health condition, a disability, a chronic illness, if you're gay, straight, black, white, it doesn't matter what is going on with you inside and out because we all are created equal and we don't have this equality in this world. And I'm changing it by smashing the stigma and also dealing with even if something's going on with you, that doesn't make you worse or than somebody else. We're, we have strengths inside of you. Even if you have bipolar depression, I know I have tons of strength. But, I'm, but again, at the same time, you know, when I was suffering, it was tough. I went through all these different things, isolation. Right now, I'm helping so many people because the pandemic, the one biggest factor of a symptom I went through when I was suffering and suffering silence for 40 years was isolation. I would isolate all the time. I wouldn't go to parties. I wouldn't go there. People are doing that now during this pandemic more than ever. That's just one symptom. So I'm trying to, besides normalize it, I'm trying to have fun with your mental health without making fun. I make it cool, fun, (laughs) sexy to talk about your mental health and your mental health challenges and engage with people, interact with people. But the most important thing is that I'm trying to do is relate to people that when someone said, wow, that guy had a mental illness for 40 years and now he's doing, he's, he's mentally well for over six years. What did that guy do? Just like you, I wanna speak to an addiction coach who went through an addiction. That's a perfect coach that I wanna talk to. And the same thing regarding a mental health condition. So the most important thing is it's, it's not about me now, it's about the money. It's important that will come. The most important thing is for me to gain exposure 
in this world, TV, radio, and everywhere, in a movie, my book, and all that stuff, but what is the real reason? The reason is, is to give, use all my passion to give value and help everybody in my cause, in my mission, which is mental health and mental health challenges. That is so important because what is it? If someone reads my book or someone sees my video and they say, oh, you just helped my son or you helped my father, that's success. That's what success is all about. When you're making a difference and you're helping people, like in the Bible, I'm not a Bible guy, but hey, it says, how may I serve? Well, how may I help you? And that's what Michael Weitzman, BIPOLR is all about. It's not the ego, all about humbleness and having humility so I can use my platform and my fame and my success to help others. And that's why I'm very passionate. You can feel the passion. You ever see the movie When Harry Met Sally? Yeah. Remember the lunchroom scene? <laughs> remember the lunchroom yeah. scene, right? Yes. That was the big O. Remember the big O? Right, right. Well, I'm, I'm the big P, meaning I'm the big passion. You can't go to school and take Passion 101. There is no such thing. But I'm all about life experiences, struggles, and my inspirational story to do what? To help everybody that's going through an addiction, that's going through suicide uh, thoughts, or, or basically, you know, is having a mental health condition. Because, yeah, I tried to take my life on January 8th, 2000, uh, to January 2nd, 2008. I'm a suicide survivor. And I'm, I'm, so it's very important when I hear what happened to Robin, suicide took Robin Williams' life. I don't say someone committed suicide. What, I waited, what, my 55 years to say, no, you know what, I've decided that down the road I'm going to commit suicide. No, you don't just decide. You, it's not like that. Suicide took somebody's life. Because they were going through a very hard time, whether it was a relationship, whether it was mental health, whether it was an addiction, whatever it was. And I want to make a difference in people's lives. That's what I want to be remembered for. You know, most people that have mental health issues are addicts, believe it or not. And everybody thinks you have to do drugs and alcohol to be an addict. There's mm -hmm. also behaviors. Spending oh, addiction, yeah. you know, shopping addiction, you got gambling, you got sex, you got workaholics, you know, all of these different abnormalities. And what, what people don't understand is this. I believe the human race is suffering. I don't believe it's just, you know, I believe most people have a mental health issue, some severe, some not as severe. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of people, uh, they, they suffer from depression. They don't even know that it's called depression. They just think they're a little down, you yeah. see. And then what happens is if they don't take care of that, eventually it develops from a subacute problem to an acute problem. And then you keep turning more and more inward. And the passion that you have is the same passion that Scott and I have. All right. Because that's why we do this. And I, you know, um, I think because you never gave up and I never gave up, you might want to consider me, I'll get your address. I'll send you my book, The Kid from the South Bronx Who yeah. Never Gave Up. Okay, and it tells a whole it's my, it's, it's it's actually like my whole story. It's like my book I'm making, I just changed the title. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, Michael, I got to say that, that listening to you, it's inspirational uh, because I, I think I hadn't thought about it in terms of any kind of mental health issue, but I know with addiction, once you reach a certain point in recovery, your addiction actually becomes a strength because you've learned so much. And you can develop greater gratitude, greater passion, greater love, because we know what it's like to be without it. 
But it sounds like you've been able to do that with uh, mental health issues is turn that into your strength. It's no longer a detractor. It's now your strength. Is that right? Is that accurate? It is so, it is so much my strength. It's so much who I am. It, it, it's to me, it's most important that we've been doing this. I'm a peer support specialist. And what's happening is people now are telling their story more and more. Mm. It's about telling your story of your struggles with the suicide uh, attempts that you had or your, your addiction struggles that you've been going through. And then the mental health capacity of that, it's telling that story. And why is it important? People want to hear that. I know they do. They want to. And at the same time, it's therapeutic to me. I love telling, I'll tell a stranger, anybody, if I can make a difference in their life, that's really important. And I really believe, like I said to you just now, telling your story now more than ever. As I'm, a, I'm a professional mental health speaker, performer, advocate, care, care coordinator, and stand-up comedian. Yeah, I know, you can put the initials on that, and a peer support specialist. But it's all about, you know, I want to show that you can overcome this. I had to wait 40 years to, 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 to finally get to the promised land, to finally get, be able to get and stay mentally well now for over six years. Mine was, 37, mine was 37 years, so you're, you're I'll ahead of me. I beat you. <laughs> <laughs> you're ahead of me. Yeah. Sorry, guys, no trophy Sorry, here. No trophy. <laughs> yes, there is. But the there point is, is like, I just want to make a point. I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Michael. I just want ahead, to tell Mike. you, I just want to say this is so important. I don't forget to say this because I, when I do my workshop presentation, I get into so many different things. It's all about getting rid of the stigma. Uh, it's also about uh, dealing with acceptance and opening up, telling my struggles and my inspirational mental health story, my wellness tools. And then most important is getting people to try to use humor, laughter and smiles. And I go into a sec, I go into a segment near the end saying, why? Here's the question. Why do you want to have humor, laughter and smiles in your mental and physical health? And I'm going to tell you right now, it's very simple. The reasons are, first, it boosts your immune system. It is so good for you. Mm -hmm. It also, in your endorphins, your That's endorphins right. get lift. You promote a, self, uh, a sense of self, uh, of self, of well-being. Uh, it reduces blood pressure. It helps the heart. Uh, it dull and kills the pains. I mean, it produces empathy. There's, there's so many things that can go on. Now you go to a job interview, you throw a little humor in there. They actually like that. It's a, a way to success. And the other reason you want to use humor and laughter and smiles in your life, because it will make you live a longer life. Absolutely. I Googled it. I'm just kidding. But the point, <laughs> is, the point is you want to use humor and laughter smiles as a wellness tool. I'm not saying you have to do stand-up comedy like me or you always use humor. I mean, everything, I take any word. I, I'm really good with words and I'm really good to play with them like Bip Olar no longer, whatever it is, being creative. But the thing about humor and laughter smiles that you gotta know, let me ask you this question. You're gonna love this. How many times does a four-year-old how many times does a four-year-old laugh and smile during the day? All day long. Any idea. I have a grandson that's three. How many times does a four-year-old laugh and smile during the day? Do you have an idea? Yeah, all day long. 300, 300 to 400 times a day. Wow. Think about it. 
You watch it, watch a four-year-old the whole day. They'll be smiling and playing and smiling. Think about that. Now, how many times uh, does a 40-year-old laugh and smile during the day? You have an Twice. idea? Twice. <laughs> Between three and maybe 13 times during oh, the okay. day. All right. And I'm not saying that all comedians live like George Burns lived to be 100 and, and, and all these different comedians and, you know, like, uh, uh, what's his name? There's so many different comedians. I, I don't want to go into Myron Cohen. I can go into all these different. They lived a long life. Mel Brooks is still 95. I'm trying to even do a commercial for, for, for him because I do a great invitation of uh, Get Smart. Remember Maxwell Smart? Yes. Remember the uh, Get Smart, the show? Yes, right. sir. Well, I do an invitation. I do, would you believe the shoe phone? That's right, 99. Missed it by that much. Again, what is it all about? Using humor to have fun with your mental health without making fun. Absolutely. You know, you know what you're saying is what I, what I tell my clients also. Stop taking yourself so serious. Okay? Have <laughs> yeah. fun. Go, go out and have fun. Well, how can I have fun? I'm so depressed. No, no. You're depressed because you choose to be depressed. Get off your butt, go out, and try something different and see how it works. You could always go back exactly. to depression if you, feel, if you want to do that. You know, and that's what I tell people. All the time. I tell my clients all the time, all the time, what are you doing to keep yourself busy? What are you doing? Oh, I'm not doing it. No. What are you doing to keep your mind and your body busy? Because that mind is going to go off in that negative world and the negative thoughts. That's right. What are you going to do to keep yourself? Make a to-do list. I don't care if you're having a really bad day. And the night before you put a to-do list, you put on there, get up from the bed, cross it off. You know what? I get up from my bed. I brush my teeth. I went to the library when we were able to go to the library. And, and, you know, I went on the internet. I took a walk. Write those down. Okay, you accomplished a great day, even though you might be suffering with your mental health. I make those small goals. That's what I tell together. them. And then I, tell them, I tell them small goals. Make your bed. Okay? You do that, you accomplish that, you'll feel good about thing. yourself. It's a, it's, I, listen, there's no I secret. This you. is all universal knowledge. But most people... Yeah. The problem with it is that they don't adhere to it, okay? And, you know, and it's people like yourself or people like Scott, people like me, that we want to be that light to show them that, look, we didn't want to do this either. I didn't want to change, but we did a little at a time. It's a little at a time. It's not giant steps. And that's what people don't get because that's how they get disgusted because most people, whether they have mental health issue or addiction, they either live in the past or they live in the future and they don't take care of the present. And that's why they if call the present a, a present. It's a present. It's a gift. Well, I always tell people that, um, first of all, you, you, you're, doing, you're preaching to the choir. I agree with everything you just said. We're doing it. We're, you and I, all of us, the three of us, we are like a little resource to help people. That's right. It doesn't mean we are there and listen, when I was making tons of money, the money was my antidepressant at the time. But when the money wasn't good, I got sick. I got worried because the anti that money wasn't working that well. I got nervous. I got depressed. But you and I are all, we're all resources to try different things to get well. 
That's why I was able to wean off my medicine. I take very little medicine now just to go to sleep. I don't need to see a therapist. I am my own therapist. I am my own coach. I am my own counselor, peer support specialist. And most importantly, I see a psychiatrist just because I have to get the medicine. You got to see a psychiatrist. That's the way it works in this world. But it's not that. It's all these wellness tools that I keep doing all the time. I mean, it, it's amazing. That's what it is. I mean, doing acupuncture, doing hypnosis, trying other things. There's so many things. Uh, you know, lighting a candle, smelling of a candle. Oh, my God. Having a pet, a dog, a cat. I call it a mental, you know what you a mental health detective. That's a good one. I like that. Yeah, I'm you're a mental it. health detective. And your, your, your job is to find things that yep. can create a better life, a quality of life. You know, yep. and, and the bottom line is, is most people don't realize that it's not just about making money. It's not just about having a big house and all this other stuff. They're great, you know, uh, but it's more about the inside job, not the outside job. And, you know, when, when you start to get on the road to recovery and helping other people, you get high off of that. I know I do. And it sounds like you do as well. So I know Scott does. So, you know, it's, an, it's another way of picking up your day, all right, and having fun while you're doing it. And, you know, the best thing to do sometimes is just to laugh at yourself. I do and, some stupid shit and sometimes. Even, <laughs> and even doing something that – I had a friend, the guy owns a bagel place. He's telling me that he has cancer, he's not doing very well, he wants to take his life. I'm hearing that while he's serving people at the bagel place. I was able to overhear. You know what I did? Two days later, I went to a, sh a flower shop. I bought him a plant. What, for $10, $7? I bought him a little plant, wrote him a nice card. I said, if you need somebody, you got me. And he cried like a baby. I cried because what did I do? I just went and helped somebody just because I wanted to. We need to do more of that in our society, whether you have a mental health condition or not. Absolutely. You. And just one thing, I just want to add one thing. When you were saying before, that is why my favorite movie, I tell people you got to watch Patch Adams and Robin Williams, the genius in the movie, because it's all about when he's in the cancer ward with the kids. And that's where he puts on, where I'm putting on right now, the red nose. That's where the red nose came from. Because what was he trying to do? He's trying to give those people, those young kids that have cancer, to have them have fun, use a little humor, and most importantly, improve their quality of life. They aren't cancer. They have a name. They're a person. And that's why that movie, and that's why I'm all about improving people's quality of life. So Michael, I'm, I'm so happy that we, we met you and we have you on board here. Uh, I believe that Scott and I attract people like you into our lives because we're all on the same path. You know, Great. us addicts, I know I was very selfish and self-centered. Sometimes I still am that I have to work on. But, you know, uh, not like I was before at all. And, and the bottom line is, is that we're, we're doing God's work. And, you know, and I, when I first got into recovery, I didn't want to know about God. It was, I was raised a Catholic. I had enough about God. And um, then I had what is G.O.D., good orderly direction. That was my God. And then eventually I had a God of my understanding. And, and the bottom line is, is helping other human beings is, is also helping ourselves because that helps heal us. You know, and, and that's what it's, it's got to be a two-way street. 
It can't be just give, give, give. You're going to have to get too. So, and, and that's what you're doing. You're giving and you're getting. Okay? And that's what this is all about. And that's why we do these shows. So I, I wish you the best. I hope you make it on uh, the, the show. And um, even if, whether you make it to the, the end or not, have fun. Oh, there you go. There you go. It's like a Mrs. Doubtfire moment there. <laughs> oh, don't say Doubtfire. It's Mrs. Staying Alive. Mrs. Staying Alive. There you go. Mrs. Staying Alive is Patch Adams meets Mrs. Doubtfire. It's I my like little it. tribute. My little tribute to the amazing Robin Williams and getting rid of the stigma of mental illness by using humor in my biggest wellness tool. All right. Michael, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Um, your message is a strong one. Um, I encourage everybody to have the, the courage to embrace who they are, to live that proudly. Don't live in shame and guilt. You can't, you can't succeed that way. So uh, keep going with what you're doing, brother. Uh, John and I are just excited to have people like you uh, join us in our mission. Thank keep punching, baby. Keep going, man. Never give up. Never give up. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. And with that, I want to thank everybody for joining us right here on How to Beat Your Addiction with John Giordano. Again, I'm Scott Jones, your co-host. We want to thank our guest, Michael Weitzman. Thanks for joining us. We'll catch you right here next time. Adios. Mm -hmm.